because the truth is we want to be healthy. We want a healthy environment and we want our kids to have a good world and we want to love each other. And like, it, it's all like this whole thing. They want to convince you to get into these, uh, this life where you're so busy trying to work just to make a living that you can't even change things. You can't even th question them. And, you know, you, you just get caught up and you get into a bad relationship and you, you marry that person and you have kids without thinking too hard about anything. And the marriage is, is awful and you eventually get divorced and you're too busy worrying about the divorce and the money you're going to lose in the divorce and getting your kids to soccer practice to think twice about the fact that you're poisoning everyone in your life with your meat and your car and you know, all these other things. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Another great one coming this week. I got together with the unbelievably talented Avi Jacob. Avi is a local musician originally from Providence, uh, spent a number of years down in Charleston, South Carolina, and recently uh, moved back up here to Providence. We connected when he played a couple weeks back at um, our plant-based pop-up dinner um, and did an awesome job. And I, I overheard him at the event talking to some people um, about how he cured himself of a disease with a plant-based diet and, and adopting a vegan uh, lifestyle. Um, and I knew I had to get him on and, and hear his full story. So uh, I'm excited to share this one. He's got, he's got a great story. Um, so we talk about how Avi battled Crohn's disease for years, um, and a diet change ultimately cured him of that. Um, and then how that led him into adopting a vegan lifestyle. Um, and he literally has not been to a hospital in over a decade. Um, a similar story to me in that, you know, it shocked him so much that no doctor, no, no nutritionist, nobody in his life told him that diet, you know, impacted Crohn's disease and, and diet was a solution to the, to the problem. Um, instead, like so many, uh, things we face today, he was always just given the bandaid. He was always given the, the medication or, or whatever. Uh, we talk about how he approaches raising his kid when it comes to food, uh, something I always like to ask um, parents who uh, eat a plant-based diet, you know, they, people who know the harm that certain foods have on the body and how, you know, they, they, they approach it with their kids because obviously they want the best for them. Um, but, you know, kids are running around at birthday parties and, and school lunches and all kinds of stuff. So just how he, how he manages that. Um, why he's just a regular working class dad, despite the fact that he very much fits the vegan stereotype. Uh, something I want to uh, just say, if this is your first Eat Green, Make Green episode, 
Um, I this is very much about trying to normalize veganism and just hear people's stories. And Avi does totally, as he admits in this episode, totally fits that vegan stereotype. Like I, you know, four years ago thought a vegan was, you know, just some, you know, hippie living in a van, you know, um, you know, so he, he just fits that, you know, he's, a, he's an artist, he, he's doing his thing. He's very, um, you know, creative person and he just sort of fits the vegan stereotype. Um, so I just ask you to have an open mind, um, and listen to why he just says he's a, he's a regular dude. Um, we talk about the difficulty of getting widely known as an artist, uh, how he literally wakes up with songs in his head um, and then we'll write a song the next day. Uh, and we also talk about his new album that's coming out in March. Um, and why being vegan is empowering. Um, Avi is a super cool dude. I love his music. I've been listening ever since I heard him at, at, uh, at my event. Um, yeah, and just keep an eye out for him. He's totally destined for, for big things in the big stage. Um, and um, this is just another one of those episodes that this is this is why I started this podcast to share stories uh, specifically uh, on the health side, um, like Avi's, you know, um, like me. He just was never given the option of changing what he ate to cure a problem that he just battled for years and years. And all it took was changing what he put in his mouth to cure it not put the Band-Aid on, but to actually cure the problem. Um, you know, what I experienced in my life and what I have experienced and heard from so many people eating plant-based diets. Um, so I, I hope to those listening that this is just another example of how you are in control of your health destiny and, you know, over 90% of all the disease and all the problems out there are a result of, of what people are eating. Um, so another example of that, um, I will shut up now and let uh, Avi tell a story, uh, but I'm going to lead in with um, a song, uh, a single released uh, from Avi's upcoming album. It's called New England. Uh, it's, uh, I think, sort of about his move back to New England from, from Charleston. Amazing song. Uh, his new album, uh, the producer on it is, is the same producer that did the most recent um, Imagine Dragons album. So it's, it's big time. It's amazingly well done. Um, and like I said, keep an eye out for him because I have a feeling you're going you're gonna to hear his name in the future. Uh, so without further ado, the incredibly talented Avi Jacob. Deliver me safely, for I need to roam Back to New England where I call my home Leaving you, darling, is grieving me so Alright, I'm here with Avi Jacob. We're down in uh, Providence, and uh, so we... For those listening, we linked up. Uh, I had you down for our restaurant pop-up night in in Quincy, mm-hmm. uh, and you you played. And Cat Wolf is who uh, turned me on to you and kind of kind of connected us. And uh, he came down and played. And I I know it wasn't the ideal 
sort of setup. You know, great. people were kind of like fine. doing their thing, but uh, <laughs> I thought you were amazing. I thought you killed it, and um, I've been, you know, listening to your YouTube videos and everything, you know, since. Um, and at the event, you know, you were you were chatting with some people, and I, you know, sort of overheard your story about, you know, what veganism has done for you, and um, yeah, man. So since I heard that, I was like, I gotta gotta schedule a podcast and, and hear your full story. And yeah, I'm glad um, we could do this. Yeah, man. So so thank you, and um, I know you have an awesome story. And you got a bunch of exciting stuff going on with the new album and all that stuff. But uh, before we kind of get into all that, can we sort of go way back to um, kind of life growing up, where you're originally from, maybe maybe lifestyle growing up, uh, all that stuff, and, and paint the picture here? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up around this area, around Providence, and then, um, yeah, so my whole childhood was here. Then I went to college in Boston and then moved down to South Carolina for several, for six, seven years, and then recently came back up north. Yeah, so college in Boston, where'd you go? Northeastern. Northeastern, okay. And are you, are you doing musical stuff? What's your, what are you studying? What are you? I got a history degree. Yeah. I just had it in my head to be a history teacher. Yeah. Or a historian or whatever. I just thought that was the easiest thing yeah <laughs> so, so what are that. you what are you uh what's life like growing up around here i mean are you you know lifestyle wise are you oh well, growing food, up on meat and potatoes like i did or, yeah yeah my uh my diet growing up was um very american like almost like the back of the hamburger helper box my mom made uh you know chicken every monday and every tuesday was meatloaf and every wednesday was a different kind of chicken and yeah. every friday with spaghetti and meatballs it was like it was clockwork it yeah. was all very scheduled every meal was you know a meat and a grain and a vegetable yeah one always single the side. vegetable always the side, yeah yeah <laughs> and i really liked the vegetables and i i um my mother teasing me i used to trade my meat to my sister for her vegetables mm. growing up yeah. i never liked meat yeah. I, I think i knew on some level that i wasn't really supposed to be eating it but but i ate such terrible food growing up just you know the the meat was the cheapest you could get filled with all the crap that's filled with and um i ate sugar cereal you know count chocolate for breakfast yeah. or rice krispies yeah. treats whatever junk and every day after I got home from school, I'd have Pop-Tarts and yeah. milk. Yeah. Just always milk. So like standard, Six, seven glasses of milk a day. Yeah, totally. I I drank milk, especially like I, you know, played sports growing up. And I drank so much milk because I thought it was going to make me strong. You know? <laughs> and, you know, it's just uh, amazing. And the calcium. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so standard American diet. Yeah. Um. You. Uh. In. Are you? When. When do you pick up music? When you're young or. Yeah, I always loved music, but um, twelve, thirteen, I started playing guitar, and I was about that age. I heard Nirvana. I had listened growing up on folk music, Pete Seeger and Bob Dylan and Cat Stevens, but um, when I heard, and like R and B things like that, um, I loved Will Smith, and mm. I loved. Puff Daddy and yeah, so you were hip hop. So we're we're I think we're around the same age, but 
Yeah. It was when like Will Smith was coming out with like Miami. Yeah, and, I remember. And P Diddy was like P Diddy and the Fam and mm-hmm. like all those. With Mace. Yeah, Mace. I was yeah. I had I had all of Mace's albums. Yeah, I had Mace's albums too. <laughs> and I I liked you know just whatever music was fun. But then I found when I found Nirvana, everything changed in terms of. I thought that I could do that. That I could relate to that. Like I could make music. Mm. If 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 that was, if you could just play a few chords and kind of scream or like growl in kind of an ugly way and get your feelings across, then I yeah. thought, well, I can do that. Like that's a really beautiful way to express yourself. So I started playing guitar when I was twelve and writing songs not too long after. And then I just always did that. Yeah. So kept with it through high school, through college. Um, and then you moved down to uh, South Carolina, did you say? Mm-hmm. Charleston? Charleston, and, South Carolina. And uh, what, what prompted that? Um, uh, me and my baby mama, we, we, put, we looked at a map and we're like, okay, we want to go somewhere. Yeah. So, that's warm. so you, you we skipped a little little part here. So, when do you meet the the girlfriend that that's the mother of your kid? When do you meet her? Oh, uh, we met in college. Met in college. And yeah. um, I was, I guess, a, a big part of the story is that when I was sixteen, I started developing crohn's disease yeah this is so this is a big part this <laughs> yeah, is a, a big, big part. part so it was at it was 16 yeah about crohn's 16 disease. i started yeah. having symptoms and feeling not great and then so to so to somebody that doesn't know what crohn's is can you kind of explain yeah, it's, what it is uh, it's like um uh, a digestive disorder and you can't you get really sick when you eat and mm. you can't digest the nutrients from the food well and you're always uncomfortable, and it's kind of just uh, like that anxious feeling you get in your stomach yeah. when you're worried about something. That's constant. Yeah, and what's kind of common, like somebody with Crohn's, like what's kind of common treatment for something like that? Uh, well, <laughs> that's I guess that's the big thing. I for five years I suffered. I was in and out of the hospital. I was incredibly malnourished, yeah. unhealthy of body and mind, and really anxious and miserable. And the I was given pills all the time. I was on steroids six or seven times um, for it, and all sorts of pills and experimental, uh, really um, bad treatments that have never been since taken off the market because they're too dangerous. Yeah, you know, they gave me all the crap, and no one ever told me to look at my diet mm. until uh, my son's mother said that she read about probiotics and how much good people that have Crohn's and things like that can gain from actually just changing the bacteria and everything in your gut. And so I went off all the meds at once. The doctor said... I might die. He warned me against it. He said, if you go off all the meds right away, you know, right all at once, you might die. He actually and said I was you like, might die. He did say you might die. Wow. Um, I remember very specifically, this was at Beth Israel uh, um, in Boston. And he said, you might die. And I was like, well, my life is miserable. I'm always sick. Yeah. I'm You're always medicated. a skeleton. Yeah. I'm, I'm unhappy 
I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it anyways. So I ate nothing but yogurt and took probiotics for a week or two, and I was almost all better, just kind of like miraculously, which is not even a miracle. It should have been all along that somebody, if they had just told me about my diet and about the idea, or not the idea, the fact that our guts are like this sort of ecosystem that we need to balance with bacteria, then I wouldn't have been sick all those years. I would have... You yeah. know, it it like made my life miserable for five years and didn't have to be that way. So I'm not the biggest fan of the medical industry for those. That's a big reason yeah. why. I mean, medical stuff is necessary for things. You can't cure cancer with tomatoes, um, but you certainly can prevent it a whole lot better with it. You yeah, know, man. but if once you get it, then you need medicine. I understand that, and I believe in vaccines, but... If you're talking about, you know, a doctor who treats people with Crohn's disease, not ever talking to his patients about diet and natural stuff, then that's, I mean, that's criminal. Yeah, right. And I think, like, the numbers that you can find, you know, on, like, you know, American Cancer Association website and everything, they, we know that, you know, over 85% of cases of, of all these diseases um, are, are not genetic specific, right? And it has, if they're not genetic, right, it, it's what you're eating and doing on a daily basis. They're, they're lifestyle based, right? And the fact that when most people... Or, envi- most, or environmental. Or environmental, sure. Which you can't always control. Yeah. And, and the fact that when somebody has something wrong, like you having Crohn's or somebody having a heart attack or, or whatever it is. And, you know, you go into the doctor's office and all they do is tell you, they diagnose you and they prescribe you something, right? And that's it. And in, I don't know the numbers on it, but in the majority of cases, especially in the United States, you aren't given the other option of, Hey, you can continue the lifestyle and keep and take these drugs and, and see where that gets you, right? And you might be able to manage this for a while, but you could go to the source, right, <laughs> of what's most likely causing the issue, change your diet and lifestyle, and, and you can just be done with this problem, right? Um, and your story, very similar to mine, and why I have this podcast and am doing what I'm doing, is because when I change my diet and all of the health issues, you know, I had a, a, a disease when I was young where my kidneys were failing, right? And I was on steroids like you for years of my life, of my childhood, and it led to all, all kinds of Makes you of so stuff. angry, doesn't so it? So angry. And I used to get into huge arguments with people in public yeah. on buses and things like because somebody would say some. I remember I was on the 39 bus in Austin, and this guy made a comment to me under his breath. And I was like, what did you say? Yeah. And I got it like really aggressive and like in his face. It's really big guy too. Yeah. I was like, what did you say? I couldn't help myself. Yeah. I just was so, ups- I was so angry all yeah. the time. Because yeah. I had been on steroids for like a month, you yeah. know. So then I had, you know, finally when I am sort of post-college moving out, like finally had the ability to make food choices on my own and start experimenting in 
all of the issues that I suffered from, allergy, asthma, skin issues, like everything, you name it, within six months of a whole food plant-based diet went away. The stuff my entire life I was given the EpiPen for, I was given the inhaler for, I was given the creams for, right? And nobody presented me with that option and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and <clears throat> obviously that's why you know you're so passionate about this. Yeah, well, after um, I after, you know, after I got a lot better after just an intense week of, of bacteria, I would still for a few years after that get I would get sick because I would I was still like not eating totally healthy. Yeah. In fact, I would eat a lot of junk food and things like that and then I wouldn't feel great. And then uh, when I quit meat and then dairy and then gluten and then yeah. re refined sugar, every time I took one of those things out of my diet, I just felt better and better until I realized how bad I had been feeling all those years, how much of a haze I was in, how slow I was moving because of those things. And then since I've shed them, I feel like I mean, I I don't I feel great. I yeah. wake up feeling 100% physically. Yeah. And not mentally, but I, I wake up feeling 100% physically and I go to bed feeling 100% physically and I don't and I, you know, I just it's and throughout the day. I just never nothing's making me feel bad on health-wise, body-wise. I'm always doing well because of the diet because yeah. so, I just don't introduce yeah. anything into my body that would make me feel bad. Yeah, so 16 years old, you have like a five-year period where you're kind of struggling with it, like mm -hmm. you're medicated, all this stuff, and then around 20 or so, you start changing your diet? Yeah, yeah, 21 20 or so. Um, well, well, that's when I first started getting better, but I, I didn't really start thinking about my diet until I was 25. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was... I was I was more careful with things, but I was still eating meat and dairy until um, maybe it was a process. But yeah. you know, six so, seven years ago. So what what kind of sparked it? How did you get to a point where you know you're eliminating meat, you're eliminating dairy? What were kind of some of the things that sort of led you to believe that was the right thing to do? Well, uh, after my son was born, me and his mother watched this movie called The Business of Being Born. Mm. which exposes the medical industry as as a, as a thing that wants to uh, that cares not about not like it's hard it's not in each individual person there are good doctors there are good nurses yeah. but the whole thing acts as a whole as a force to uh, make things run more efficiently to make more money um as more important than people's well-being, mental and physical. And so the whole experience of her having him was was actually really negative because there were all these complications because nobody told us about any natural things. It was all medical industry stuff and what they want to happen. And so we watched that movie and realized, you know, that the medical industry was kind of duping us. And then we got more into that sort of way of thinking. We watched um, Forks Over Knives, I yeah, think sure. it was. And I was like, wow, I am. I don't want to get cancer. My father died of cancer, and it wasn't genetic. He did the testing. And so 
I saw that and I was like, well, I don't want to get cancer. So, and they make a very clear link between meat and cancer. So it's that simple, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't want to get cancer. Cutting out meat is the best thing I can do. And, you know, and nobody wants cancer. So if, it, if you if you think about it like that, like, oh, do, do I want cancer? No, no one's going to say yes. So then cutting out meat's like the first thing that you can do to really help. Yeah, when it comes to, to circle back to like healthcare, right? When it comes to that, I like to call it sick care, right? Because, in it, again, as you said, it's nobody's fault. Like doctors are good people. Like, you know, For the there's a part. lot of people that, yeah, there's a lot of people that have like, are not bad people that are in healthcare and there's absolutely like a, a place for Western medicine and everything. I don't mean to say there isn't, mm-hmm. but the way the system is set up is everyone only makes money when people are sick and sick terminally, right? When, you know, us going vegan and not visiting a hospital in years, right? Nobody makes money off of that. Yeah, I haven't, when I haven't seen, I haven't seen a doctor in maybe a decade. Yeah. And I, I haven't, since I made the change, you know, I have not been to a doctor. I don't need to. Here I am with like a throat cold, though at the same time my voice is a little messed up. But um, You have a cold? Yeah, I got like the other day just got some little, little sort of throat cold or something. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it's set up so when you're sick, the drug companies make money, the doctors make money, and the insurance providers make money, right? There's no incentive for anybody to keep people out of the hospital, right? Doctor doesn't make money if he tells you to go plant-based and I'll never see you again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, we could have an entire podcast on that. Yeah. Um, so moved down to Charleston with, um, with, with girlfriend and son, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then what? Uh, and spent <laughs> years there and then eventually moved back up here there's not really yeah much to tell with that but um, and you're you're playing music down there like what are you doing down yeah there? i was playing music and i was farming yeah um i've i've spent three or four years farming yeah just through like off and on throughout this time raising my son mm. and um and i always played music um but i never really went for it to like fully invested into it until uh my son started going to school, and then I thought it's kind of my opportunity to, and it, it's like it's high time that I really take it seriously because it's what I love to do. So then I started really taking it seriously a few years ago, and it's been an up and down thing, and there's been a, mostly struggling, and yeah. it's been tough, and I wish I had done things differently, but. Um, but I eventually have started doing better where I feel like things are going good now and and I have a record label and I have a manager and things are in motion but um and I get to play a lot and make a living doing it so I, I'm lucky. But uh I'm also still, you know, struggling and, and hustling. And I yeah. would I you know, want to play more and to to have more success but um that's just it's a process yeah i'm just doing what what i can do yeah so to go circle back i guess i didn't really finish the the health side of stuff since going vegan right Mm -hmm. what what has changed in terms of 
you personally, health-wise, everything? Well, my health is great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have no health problems that I know of. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to a doctor in many years. Yeah. Um, uh, my only health problems are mental health problems. Yeah. Which I have depression, and it's pretty bad depression, and it has been, like, sort of cripplingly bad at times. So the being vegan has not helped my my yeah. depression but you know that's it your not i can't really do that yeah and i'm sure it has a little bit because if i was still uh anxious and upset in my gut then it would be worse in my brain but um even with being vegan i've still got mental health stuff that i deal with yeah in in are the sort of other elements of veganism there for you or is it just solely kind of health well, no, I mean, of course I care about it. You know, I care about the environment and I, I think it's really, you know, messed up that we kill 60 million animals a day or more. I forget how many it is um, just in this country yeah. just so that we can eat meat every day. So people eat meat every day. I mean, it's messed up and I feel like it casts pall and a negativity on the whole world and especially on america which we have sick people leading us you know like trump and most of our elected officials and certainly almost every republican is a meat eater i would only assume because they're violent and they're disgusting and they're hypocritical and i think uh, it goes along with like a basic hypocrisy of people who say that they love animals but um, enable and contribute to a system that tortures them and kills them mm. in mass quantities. It'd be one thing if there were animals roaming free and we were killing some of them and eating them, but that's just not what's happening. We are bringing uh, billions of lives into the world to exist only to be tortured and killed and, mm -hmm. and then torturing and killing them. Yeah. Like, that is... In, in, it's inconceivable. It's like... You know, if people believed in reincarnation, so the chances are that you're going to get reincarnated as an animal in a, in a factory farm and you would be tortured and your whole life and killed. I mean, it's just, but um, it's terrible. But I mean, being vegan for health reasons is what has allowed me to like have that awareness and yeah, see that. I don't know that I would have, without it, it's easy for me to say how awful it is when I am already vegan because yeah. I didn't become vegan for animal reasons. I, I did it for, for the health reasons. And, and so yeah, it's like, I, it is easier for me to say that. And, you know, I don't mean to judge people cause it's hard to see hypocrisy. Well, I mean to judge some people, yeah. the powerful people, the rich and, and I'm, I can judge them. They're terrible, but you know, but working class people, that are just trying to get along in life and all they know and have been told is that meat is their source of protein and mm. that dairy is their source of calcium and that they need it and they're taught to be threatened by anything different in every way of their lives so then why wouldn't they f do that when it comes to your diet too because if if someone's weird then our country and our our establishment our society tells you to not trust them and to and to like be wary of them so it's the same thing with with diet oh that those weird people are vegan and it's like 
they don't even see that that's just it's all just to, to be helpful it's like the only it's like for your health and for the environment and for animals i've seen that and it's true. And so, like, why would you not? Who, like, really is like, no, fuck the earth. Fuck the animals. Can I swear? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck the earth. Fuck animals. And fuck my health. Like, who yeah. really wants that? Who's like, I want to be sick. Fuck this earth. And fuck animals. Like, who would say that? No one would say that. But that is what you're saying when you eat a lot of meat and dairy. So, yeah, so, it's, you know. For, for me, so I started with health as well. But it took me removing those things from my life to step back and look at the bigger picture right and it took me even to get to a better place for myself like if i don't i always say like if i don't love myself like why the fuck would i love animals like so many people are just at really bad places with their health and their life that why would why would they take a second to give a damn about an animal you know what i mean and to actually put the time into care about the earth and the bigger picture, you know what I mean? So for me, I, I really think it starts with a lot of people, it starts with food. And then once you kind of get to a better place and you, whatever you want to call it, you get the energy, that bad energy that you're consuming out of your body, and then you can kind of step back and look at things. That's at least what I find with a number of people. Um, so back to your story here. So Charleston, you're, you're farming, you're doing some, some different jobs, raising your son. How old, how old is your son? He's eight. Eight. Yeah. And then you, and he's a vegetarian. Nice. Nice. Cool. And I, I feed him only vegan yeah, food, so... but he is with his mom a lot of the time. And so, but he has said that he's committed to being vegetarian, even when he's at school or when he's out, or yeah. at his mom's, and I don't know, and I'm sure that he doesn't stick to that all the time, but just the fact that he's conscious of it and making an effort is more than enough. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, how have you, how have you kind of gone about that, like, having it, like, when I hopefully, you know, have kids, like, I don't know how I'm gonna really approach that, like, how, how, how have you gone about sort of, like, you know, he's going to school, like, he's going to friends houses and you know there's just all this bad food that mm -hmm. you know you personally like saw what it did to your health i've seen yeah. what it does to my health when you eat that way like how yeah. do you you want the best for them mm -hmm. but also you don't want to like say you have to like eat this way you know how yeah. have you just gone about it as a dad i i know that well the thing is if he's at a friend's or he's with his mom then i can't say anything yeah i have nothing to say i it's up to him. I, I can't control him. Mm. And when he's with me, though, you know, he eats healthy. That's just yeah. how it is. And he gets treats. I mean, like, he loves the Hail Mary tarts. And, yeah. Um, he loves these waffles that I get. They're vegan. And um, he he's on board for it. Yeah. He I have these... Um, you know, we did the Beyond Burgers, and mm. he was yeah. obsessed with them. Yeah. I mean, he thinks they're the best burger he's ever had, and he wants them all the... Every time we go to the, <laughs> yeah. to the store, he wants the Beyond Burger or whatever, and we can't afford it, so yeah. I've only gotten it that once, but it is delicious, yeah. and he loved it. And so, yeah, and I have you know, meat substitutes for him, and he loves tofu, and he loves food, and he likes to cook, and 
He begrudgingly eats all the vegetables that I make him eat because <laughs> that's not an option. Yeah. I just, I feed him the vegetables first and I'm yeah. like, you have to eat these or that's, this is the first thing that you're going to eat. Yeah. If you don't eat these, then you don't get the next thing that you're going to eat. Yeah. You know, because if I just gave him a plate, maybe he would just eat all the the tasty, like, um, you know, general sauce tofu or whatever we've made and then ignore the 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 broccoli veggies. and the yeah. greens and yeah. the, you know, whatever it is that we're eating. Like any kid, right? Yeah. yeah, like any kid. So, you know, so he does that. He So he just does it. He eats it. Yeah. And he knows that my intentions are to make sure he's healthy. I'm not mm. just making him yeah. do it for my own good. It's not at all, you know. It's just... Yeah. I just, I, you know, I want him to be healthy and not be sick like yeah. I was. And he has my genetics, so... Mm. And Crohn's is genetic. My cousin is very sick still to this day with it. And he won't change his diet. Yeah. So, but my... My son, yeah, he's got my genetics, so and he's he's already been lactose intolerant. Mm. He used to, he used to throw up every time that we gave him milk. Yeah, and it was like happening for several days. He was just throwing up every time. It, we, it, you know, we didn't know why he was throwing up, and then I was like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, this is happening every time I give him milk. Like, of course, he's my son. He's gonna be lactose intolerant, just mm. like I've been um, since I was a boy. So, yeah. you know, it's. It's uh, you know it's important that that he has healthy things and then I also don't um, drink alcohol or, or do any drugs and I avoid generally coffee because that is also not great for somebody with with Crohn's or yeah. that has a predisposition predisposition for it. So you're just you know hey when when you're with dad you're eating this way and outside of that you're just kind of setting an example and saying hey this is why I eat this way for health and. Yeah, you know, it's up to you, do. but it's like th- this is how this is how I do it, and here's the reasons why. And you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Yeah, I mean, like he's, we've had experiences. We saw like a truck filled with pigs going off to the slaughter farm, and that made him really upset. Mm. And we saw this huge truck filled with chicken cages, and he was like, "Oh, some of those chickens are dead. Like that's messed up. Yeah. That's what I'm eating." And I was like, "Yeah." That's what you eat when yeah, you Yeah, most eat kids never make that connection. And I didn't until I was 26 years old, to be honest with you. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I mean, I was a little younger, but not, not much. Yeah, it's, yeah, you got to do it on your own. So, I mean, I'm lucky that he has the awareness to, to see that, but I don't know if he... I don't know what he'll do. Yeah, and sure. Maybe he will eat a ton of meat his whole life. and I don't think so, though. I yeah. mean, he's, he's got the awareness in him, and he knows how much better he feels when he yeah. eats the food that I feed him versus the junk that he eats uh, other places. So yeah. He's yeah. aware of that. So to um, shift gears a little bit. Um, Music. Yeah. <laughs> In a second. In a oh, second. Okay. Um, so to what would you say is sort of the, the most misunderstood aspect of the word vegan and veganism? So like we're sitting here, you know, you're... Not to, like, I, I don't have this thought at all about you, but I know, like, people, maybe people listening or outside people, right? Here's this, you know, musician, you know, sort of, you know, dude, right? This this crazy, avi vegan musician, right? Like, you almost sort of fit the mold of what I 
prior to like knowing anything about veganism was like this dude's just a fucking nutbag like, like a hipster yeah vegan? just some hipster li- like wearing <laughs> flannels living out of a van and playing music right you know what i mean <laughs> like you sort of fit that mold which you know i again i don't think that much I, at all I, but well, uh, in to a somebody way, in a way. to somebody like listing that that's their perception of veganism mm. like what do you say to that and what would you say is like the most misunderstood aspect of it all that's funny I mean, those things are true. I am like a hip uh, musical artist and weirdo. (laughs) But I am also a working class father. And so I drive a Volvo station wagon. I mean, I'm like, I am, you know, those things are true that I I play music and and things like that. But I, I am very much like every i'm just a regular working class dude i mean that's where i come like everyone i know all the people that i get along with the people i care about me we're all just like almost everybody except for the top wealthiest percent we're all like almost everybody like probably everybody that's listening to this and everybody that i see day to day is just another working class. We're all just like working really hard yeah. in a society that's bent against us where all the wealth goes up to the top, where our leaders are able to convince the stupidest among us to vote for their own interests and not for the for the interests of the wealthy and not their own interests. It's this whole charade, but um so they you know, they wanna make you think that somebody that's a liberal is bad and that somebody mm. that's a vegan is like a liberal and they're yeah. not they're not like a real working class right uh, uh blue collar person um and that's just not true yeah. I, every vegan i know is a working per, is a working class person that works really hard and they just yeah want to be healthy it's you know they want to paint you as as vegan as being a fancy thing or a thing you need more money for or a thing that you need to be privileged for but uh i definitely do not spend more money on beans than i would spend on meat yeah back in 100%. the day like it's crazy yeah it's a, it's a complete uh, falsity yeah so and, and on top of that like away from the political side from a industry side right like obviously meat dairy industries like are gonna really obviously they push that you know you need those products to be healthy right (laughs) and then when like veganism comes into the picture they're very very um you know very they they jump on the that's not healthy bandwagon right and that's what i certainly thought my entire life until (laughs) like actually doing it yeah i would just say i would say sell all your stock in meat and <laughs> yeah. dairy right now. Yeah. If you are somebody that owns <laughs> stock and are listening to this, sell all of your yeah. uh, oil stocks and your meat stocks and your dairy-related stocks because that stuff is going out. Yeah. It's just going out. Yeah, The world is moving towards being vegan. It's just ha- it's happening. I don't know how quickly it will happen. Yeah, I mean, we're going towards renewable energy it has to happen or we're going to destroy the planet. So it's going yeah, to happen. We, we just run out of land. Like whether, we can't continue. Whether it's going to happen now or in a hundred years after there's already been a lot of catastrophic 
things that have happened, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. We're going to adapt and we're going to figure it out. And part of that is is not filling the environment with methane from from these poor tortured animals and not uh, farming all this wheat and subsidizing it to feed all these poor tortured animals and also wasting all of our good fresh water on these poor tortured animals just so that we can eat them it's it's a ridiculous thing that we do and it's going out i mean yeah. the, the, i'd read that the interest in people eating less meat or going vegetarian going vegan went up a thousand percent last year yeah a hundred times in one year and that's not gonna stop yeah in the it's just we're at an age now where you know, we're sitting here doing a podcast, right? It's like the people out. have the information mm-hmm. now. They can't really... If people want to find out about it, they can. And, you know, we have all these documentaries now that everybody can see, you know, at their fingertips on Netflix and everything like that. So mm-hmm. that is the big difference. Now that's why that they're trying to that. control the internet. That's why they're trying to... That's why this big push um, to repeal net neutrality, net neutrality yeah. is this big push because they're like, damn, this is... The world's going to get more aware... People are going to become vegan and they're going to stop with oil. You know, like everything is going to change for the better. And those people with interests in it staying, when not progressing, yeah. they are doing everything they can. That's what Trump represents, the last gasp of this dying, yeah. fragile, male, um, white supremacist, um, unaware... Um, bullshit narrative era yeah. yeah it's over it's not i don't know when it's it's ending like i i feel really good about that i don't know when it'll happen but it's it's happening there's no yeah. they can't stop it you cannot stop i was just listening to this song by uh, willie mason i don't know if you know him no amazing folk singer he's actually playing in providence tonight cool um and he i was a fan of his a, almost a decade ago now. Oh, it was, actually, it was a decade ago that I found, found his music, and he has a song called Oxygen. And it's and it says, you know, I want to be uh, stronger than Ritalin for all the kids that have been told they have a disease. And, you know, like, it, it's a... The whole thing is an anthem for that love and awareness is going to win out. And I feel like that's always been something that we know, but the the closer we get to this better place like something like a bernie sanders then the harsher the backlash is from sure the bad aspects of our society which is that eight people own all of the media and those people are very rich and corrupt and you know all of that stuff and you know all they're doing is, is trying really really hard to just get their last gasp of power because it's going away there's just no you can't keep it up. It's a charade. It's a house of cards, and it's falling. Because the truth is, we want to be healthy. We want a healthy environment, and we want our kids to have a good world, and we want to love each other. And like it, it's all like this whole thing. They want to convince you to get into these, uh, this life where you're so busy trying to work just to make a living that you can't even change things. You can't even th- question them and you know you you just get caught up and you get into a bad relationship and you you marry that person and you have kids without thinking too hard about anything and the marriage is is awful and you eventually get divorced 
and you're too busy worrying about the divorce and the money you're going to lose in the divorce and getting your kids to soccer practice to think twice about the fact that you're poisoning everyone in your life with your meat and your car and you know, all these other things, which I'm not above, you know. Yeah, I've totally. contributed to it, and in some ways I probably still contribute to it, but um, not a lot. I'm certainly not... I'm certainly making a, a, an active uh, effort not to contribute yeah, to it. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, right, nobody will live a, like, totally pure life of not, you know negatively impacting something right that's almost impossible but Mm -hmm. it's about like doing the best you can and causing the least amount of harm you can with your daily decisions and that's all you can really do right yeah i mean i i'm wearing these jeans that are levi's and i'm sure they were made by a worker who's being mistreated you know in a in a foreign country and i didn't buy these but i'm wearing them yeah yeah it's one of those things all right dude so yeah, let's get into music. So you eventually moved back to uh, the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Is that past couple of years or? Um, yeah, last year or the year yeah. before. It's been sort of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> I've In... been just dealing with life and I kind of just everything's a blur. But I, I yeah, been back and then I got a fellowship um, called the Ashir Fellowship to record um, an album which I did up in the Catskill Mountains. Yeah, and this is with, um, with Simone, Simone Felice, Felice. Yep, and, who is like, and James like that's Felice. a big deal, right? That's like, they he's were... A, uh, he's a talented guy. What was it? Was it Imagine Dragons? Who did they He produce? did Lumineers. Lumineers. He that's did the last Lumineers album, which just went platinum yeah. last week, this past week. Yeah. Um, yeah, did Lumineers, and he worked on um, Ava Brothers, yeah. I'm Loving You, and... So, uh, Bat for Lashes and some other... So, a bit, like, big-time producer. Vance Joy. Vance um, Joy, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a great producer. He's a talented guy. It was great to work with him. Yeah. Um, I was lucky, and then his brother, James, who's from a band called the Fleece Brothers, um, played on everything, and we all hold, we hold up in this barn studio for the week and made an EP, which is five songs, and that's coming out. Uh, beginning of March. Yeah. So on, it. Oh, so well, I recorded that on my own with the fellowship, and then with that recording, was trying to uh, find a label to put it out, and because we recorded it a year ago, and only now is it, it coming out. It's, by the time that it'll come out, I will have recorded it a year and a few months before. So. It was a long process, and it's been done. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not like it needed to be mixed or whatever. It was done, and so it's just been waiting on this label to put it out because I put out an album once before, and it was great. Um, and it's an album that um, I still hear from people saying they still really enjoy it. That they listen to it. Just last night, my friend, well, my friend today was like, I was just listening to it with my wife last night. We really love the songs on that. Um, However, I put it out myself. I toured. I sold 500 copies or whatever it yeah, was, yeah. Um, and I was starving. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Nobody knew. You know, I couldn't get it out to the masses. Yeah, yeah I, and maybe I could have if I had done better. I don't know. And it was kind of a lo-fi recording, anyways. So it's didn't have those standards that the music industry wants. And I don't know. I I 
So I'm lucky. So I, yeah. I send it to somebody, um, and they send it to somebody, and it got its way to this label uh, called Skate Mountain Records out of Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And um, so they signed me to a record contract this past year, and they're putting out the EP, and it's actually going to get put out, like really officially yeah, put out. Totally. And um, ho hopefully, you know, spread and, and get people talking about it. And um, I'm trying to, you know, play more shows. I'm, my, I'm hoping to play the Newport Folk Fest, if not this year, then, then soon. That's a goal that I've had for a long time because I grew up around here and yeah. that was always the thing. Like, I always loved the music that came out mm -hmm. there. I've seen so many you know, performances there, Bob Dylan playing there, and Pete Seeger, and it's just like, that to me is like a, a beautiful festival with a great tradition, and um, that's, yeah, so I, but I just, I've been just working really hard, I practice yeah, yeah. a lot, I'm always working on songs, I'm always writing, I'm always working on my voice, and my guitar playing, um, I never stop. Yeah, yeah, so... I sort of experience what you sort of talked about with your music with, with an app I did, right? And I always say there's a ton of amazing apps in the app store that nobody knows about, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same for music. There's a ton of super talented musicians like yeah. yourself. I know some great that musicians. That have some, you know, small stuff on Spotify or whatever that I listen to like crazy and there's less than a thousand total listens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, getting this this deal with a record label and everything like that, and actually, you know, being able to distribute it to the masses. Yeah, because how do you in a stand more effective out? way? How like, do you stand out? That, in this, that's, that's huge. For, I would imagine that's huge for you, man. You know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just hasn't come out yet. You know, we just really started the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Folk Alliance next month. Yeah. And that should be good. I'm playing a few times there. And um, yeah, we just yeah. got to see. My, my, <laughs> I just, um, I'm trying really hard. You know, like my son knows I play music and he's, he wants me to do well and I want to do well. And I really want to. There have been people that have believed in me all along and then have sacrificed a lot to yeah. help me. And, uh, you know, I, I owe them. Yeah. I owe them and I want to make them proud. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of the style of the, give us a little preview of, of what's on the record? Uh, sure. I mean like the singles on Spotify right now called New England. Yeah. That's and the then first, another single. Which is coming. great by the way. Thank you. Great and then song. there's one called Pickup Truck that's coming out in a few weeks. Oh, that's also, uh, on the album too? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. You have, you have a video on that, I'm pretty sure, right? On like YouTube or something, Pickup Truck? Or maybe no, on your website? I think I listened to it somewhere. It's online. Yeah, yeah. It's online. But not, it hasn't been officially released. Yeah, totally. But you can find it online. Another I, good one, man. Um, because it got, you know, it was out, but I, yeah. I, I, um, like I said, I haven't done a video for it yet. Um, that song, um, yeah, it's about my father. It, it uh, this, the music is, um, it's almost deep, scary, um, confessionally. It's like, uh, my deepest, uh, emotional sort of problems yeah. out there for everybody to yeah. hear and, 
it's uh that's what makes the best kind of used now, to yeah. i'm like so used to it i played a show i mean it's a thing that um that when when i have a good show when it's a good show people will will come up to me and just tell me that you know how they connected to it oh that you know that made me really emotional or now i feel differently about this um you know, it's nice to know that somebody feels this way, things like that. Um, I'm not the kind of artist that you'd go for a good time, really, and get drunk and, and have fun at my show. It's not like that. It's an, it's like you're either on board to really think and feel or you're not. Yeah. And that's because um, that's just what I do. I write songs ab- about like feeling about love and hope and all the opposite of that which is the hopelessness and the sadness that comes with it that you can't have without the like you just can't have love without without misery i don't think maybe you can i haven't found it (laughs) you know i'm i'm incredibly happy sometimes i'm incredibly sad other times it's Mm. human nature it unless you turn it off and distance yeah. yourself. So you pour you pour all that in your music, and certainly the stuff I've heard, like I I definitely get that sense. And like I said, I think like that makes for like the most authentic, you know, reflection of like your music. You know, well that's it's cool. I'm like I've been, I think it's cool. <laughs> well, it's like all I can do. It's yeah, just yeah. how I write some of the songs in my dreams. Like, I'll be in my dream playing a song, and then I wake up and I write it down. Um, I have dreams every night that I remember. Um, and in most of them, there's music, either mm. that I've written or that I, it was a cover that I was playing. It's in my head all the time. And so I wake up with music playing in my head all every morning. Mm. There's a, Every morning, my, in my brain, I'm singing a song. Whether it's a cover or it's one of my own songs, it's always there. Is that something you've kind of always had, or is that I've always something that's developed? I've developed it into being music, but I've always, my whole life, had dreams, really emotional ones, every night. Mm. Um, after my father died, I used to wake up crying every night for about that, just because. He would show up in my dream and then I'd be upset and I'd wake up. So I can't control the fact that I dream every night and that they're really affecting to me and that um, I remember them every single morning. There's not a morning I wake up with a clear head. I'm always already somewhere doing something in my head. And um, that's not something, I don't know why that is, you know, it's a brain thing, brain chemistry, because it's certainly not a drug or anything. So that's how I've always been as a child as well so it's part of maybe what makes me feel the need to create music and write songs yeah man well uh i love your stuff too uh i'm definitely so your next uh gigs in harvard on the 31st right yeah at pasim pasim club club, club, pasim. club pasim, yeah. and uh are you playing with the wolf sisters uh cat is playing Cat's playing yeah, yeah on keys and then um i have my friend playing accordion Nice. So accordion and keys. Nice. So that's Wednesday. What time is it at? For people that maybe want to show up, it's check a, it out. I think the doors at 7, show at 8. All right, cool. my guess. You can easily look yeah. it up. I don't know when you're going to post this, but I've got 
Um, yeah, I'll post it uh, next Tuesday, so uh, right before. So I've, yeah. I've got shows February 23rd and March 23rd in Providence, too, cool. at AST20. Nice. Um, I'll put I'll put links to them in the in the notes and everything. But I'm definitely going to be there at Harvard Square. Uh, you and Cat, I can't wait. So Cat, for people listening, was uh, a previous guest on this podcast too, and she they're they're super talented, like both of you. So when I first had Cat on, um, I connected with her through like a you know Facebook group or something. I honestly didn't expect like their music to be as good as it was. I was like, ah, you know, she's kind of like this up-and-coming artist. and She's very young. Yeah, and, like, I just kind of expected that they just wouldn't be as good as they were. And yeah, I was like, I love their stuff, and, and love yours, too, so same well, kind of reaction, I, I, you know? I met them, they played a house show. Okay. And I was there, and I was like, damn, they're really good. Yeah. And I started talking to them, yeah. and um, about playing together, and then on, then eventually found out that cat was vegan. Yeah, um, you guys kind of hit it off. And then we, we started talking about that, um, and then because I need I need keys, yeah. so it just worked out, and it's just a coincidence that we're both vegan, but she, the other band members are not, and she's working on that. Yeah, yeah. And she was saying that we should play with all like the corn player. I don't think it's vegan. I'm not sure. It yeah. Hasn't come. So you up. got a vegan crew at, at in Cambridge <laughs> next Wednesday. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm That's trying cool, to. Uh, no, I, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, how many of my friends are are vegan? Not many of them. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I love my friends and, and you know, everyone's got different things in their life and I'm not going to love them any less yeah, sure. for not being vegan. I, I do think it's better for you so i would encourage i do encourage them yeah totally just like i'm encouraging everyone by doing this totally so <laughs> so new album in march probably right the um, very beginning of march definitely coming out cool and so, um yeah yeah i'll post i'll post your your site up there on social media where, where can people kind of get a hold of you avi jacob yeah Is um, that your username? Any, that's it's easy on yeah. instagram or it's instagram avi jacob folk Yep, Avi Jacob Folk Everywhere and avijacobfolk.com, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll post those for, for people that want to check out your stuff. And uh, uh, you're on SoundCloud, too, probably? Yeah. Little yeah, bit. I think I have some songs yeah. on there. Yeah, Google I, Avi Jacob. You come up so everywhere. Easy. You come up I, on YouTube and everything, too. Well, <laughs> it's easy to do nowadays. So yeah. I And there aren't, um, there aren't any other artists with my name in. And so I... I um, it's I, I wanted to mention because I had a manager a few years ago who said, um, you know, she was like, it's great that you're healthy and vegan and stuff. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Don't, like, write about it. Don't talk about it in interviews mm. because you're just going to alienate people. Yeah. And, um, and so I was like, okay. Um, but... Uh, you know, now I've realized just over time that that's ridiculous. Yeah. It, no one's like, it's not a big thing. Like, you, if you like my music, you don't like my music, whatever. If, you know, it's not, it's only a good thing. I, I just, like, it's a positive thing. To, yeah, to positive be vegan message. and to, yeah. to want health for other people is a good thing. It's a positive thing. And, you know, they don't, I, I'm not going to, like, ever you know alienate like i don't i would never exclude anyone you yeah. know but uh 
but that's part of who I am, so why would I not yeah. talk about it? I think it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's yeah. love. You know, vegan and love are, to me, really connected. Like, what is more loving? You know, raising and uh, torturing and killing an animal and depleting our resources and being unhealthy or the opposite of that. Mm. You know, which, it's so clear which one is, is love. Totally, totally. Um, so two more for you before we kind of mm-hmm. sign off here. We're getting uh, getting low. But uh, to somebody out there uh, that's <clears throat> maybe struggling with health, maybe has similar issues to you in the past or are kind of resonating with what we're saying on sort of the environmental and ethical side of things that, you know, wants to get their health in order or just wants to, you know, do, do better with their daily choices. What's kind of the first step you would recommend somebody can take tomorrow to, you know, move towards a more plant-based lifestyle? Oof. Um, I think if you're just, if you're even listening to this podcast, then probably already doing the first thing that you need to do, which is um, just being aware of it and then mm. being like, no, how can I, if you ask yourself the question, how can I eat less meat? How can I eat less dairy? The answers are, are easy. There's, you know what the replacements are and you eat those and see how you feel. Mm. Maybe some people can't, maybe some people get really uh, anemic without meat and need it. I don't know. I, I just know for me, it's been better. And I do think probably for most people, so why not try it? You, mm. You've probably, people have probably the the chances are like 90 95% maybe more that they've been eating meat and dairy their whole lives so yeah. what's what's uh, what is there to lose by trying totally. trying it yeah yeah i always like to say like remind people like when they kind of are questioning veganism like in when you're talking to a vegan it's like every vegan like lives the lifestyle you you're living before you know and have obviously found like this amazing health benefit on the other side like Mm -hmm. you know almost every vegan today has once sort of had the standard american diet before that and have been on both sides so i always encourage just give it a shot like you know i've been on both sides i know how one feels and the other feels for 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 my health so yeah it's a it's a win-win situation you know there's nothing to lose is what i'm trying to say so Mm -hmm. i agree with you there same with like i mean because i I also smoked pot for every day for five years. Yeah. And I was high basically for five years. And it was the lamest period of my life. I accomplished nothing. Mm. I was just a pothead. Mm. And so I also in that same way say to people that I know that are really not doing very much, but just just getting by because they're stoned all the time and all their mm. money goes into getting high, that try for a month see how you feel mm. i don't think you're gonna try it for a month and go back to how you are like you don't even realize until you step outside of it mm. how much you're wasting your your life and your time you know yeah totally well i got one more for you but before i just want to thank you again and uh oh, thank you man. love your music love you know the the lifestyle you promote and uh i wish you all the best with the, with the new album and I wish you the best with this and all your uh, endeavors making green. Yeah, thanks, man. So <laughs> th- that's my question. So this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. Mm-hmm. 
I believe that eating green, eating a plant-based diet, living vegan, puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I want to do in my life. And the the make green portion of that is which we talked nothing about. <laughs> yeah, is how it's I just been eat green. <laughs> is how I define, um, you know, whatever my goal is at any particular time. Mm-hmm. So I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Why, at the end of the day, do you live a vegan lifestyle? I think uh, making green for me is. I just think of when you look out like a I think of like the Lion King and you look out on the plains or where it is and you see the green area that is the good area that's the healthy area that's the beautiful area the life-giving area and to me yes we need money to live and but it's all about everyone your community like making green is is just a way of of having um, things to feed uh, yourself, your family, your friends, your community, the world as a whole. You need to feed yourself first, feed your family next, feed your community after that, hopefully feed the area, feed the state, feed the country, feed the world by making it a place that, you know, is better for everybody. And that has to do more with more than just eating vegan but it's it's definitely part of it it's definitely it's i think um being vegan is can be a good part of the solution if people are people have become more aware of you know black lives matter people have become more aware of the fact that for years you know cops have been often indiscriminately killing people of color and now with the me too movement people are aware that uh, women have been being harassed and assaulted for years, and we probably were aware before, but now people are actually having to to speak for it. Um, that all the suffering has been going on, but these people have been kept powerless by the powers that be, by a, a society that is evil towards women, that is bad towards women and people of color, that aims to keep them down because it is a white male insecure society that aims to keep it that way and so it does everything it can to keep others down and and so to me you part you know like veganism can be a, a part of that solution there's a certain sort of way of thinking a frame of mind that, that you know that that you're torturing and killing these animals and then eating this tortured animal that that vibe gets into you there's no way that doesn't affect how you see other people like so it's up to everybody to empower the the people that are that this world is is trying to to take the power away from thanks man well said <laughs> that's a lot of saying <laughs> thanks man i'm just rambling <laughs> deliver me safely for i need